In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the host or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my New York counterpart, Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And, Linda, true to our show name, I'm going to ask you, what did you do this week to power yourself up? Oh, boy. Well, there were several things. And, you know, Powered Up doesn't have to be a big major thing. It can be just like a little thing. Uh, and one of the little things I did is I actually got a new computer and um, I held my breath and said, please let this work, please let this work, because I've been on the same computer for 12 years. <laughs> and it did. So now I've got a, a wonderful new laptop and um, it's fast and it's pretty and it's working well. So that was a major accomplishment. That is a major accomplishment. You know, going to learn, because you probably were working on Windows XP, and now you're having to learn Windows 8, or did you no, get Windows no, 7? No, 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 I got 7. I, I heard so many negative things about 8, if, uh, especially if it was on a laptop, because if it wasn't touch screen, they said, no, don't, don't do it. So it was a real challenge hunting around to find what we wanted on Windows 7, because it just uh, wasn't around, because they're pushing 8 so hard. That is so smart because I have two systems in my office here that are eight. And, yeah, with the, with, on a laptop without a touch screen, it's a nightmare. And um, even my nine-year-old son said to me, Mom, what were they thinking when they created Windows 8? He's like, you have to do, like, five keystrokes just to shut it down. And oh. I thought... <laughs> And he's nine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're so much more computer adept than we are, so if he's struggling, I can't even imagine what it would happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a computer expert, and it was frustrating the Jesus out of me, and I think I actually called you and said, Linda, I hate Windows 8. I think I actually told everybody how much I hated Windows 8. Well, you know, um, you know, I love the company, but you know, anytime somebody comes out with a, you know, with a new operating system, you got to give it time to work out the kinks. So I wasn't ready to jump in yet. That's true. You're such a smart, smart lady. That's why we're friends. That's why we're video <laughs> hosts. <laughs> well, I was the person who ordered off the 
TV um, this week for Powered Up, and I got to tell you, I absolutely um, love the the Nutribullet that I bought. That was my Powered Up thing for me because I was tired of my old blender and I was tired of um, trying to chop and grind everything up. And we're going to talk about my Nutribullet in our products section at the end of the show, but I want to tell you putting an investment into something as silly as a, you know, countertop appliance (laughs) has made such a difference in my life. And I think it kind of goes along with the, hey, you know what, I matter too, I am of value, Um, I deserve some good in this life, you know, and especially for me as a mom of two young children, it's a real guilt battle going on in there when I choose to spend my money on something that, even though it's for the family, um, you know, I've got braces to pay for and camps and things like that, Um, it was a big deal for me, and part of being powered up this week is going to be making, even for small decisions, things that make either my life easier or my life better. No, absolutely. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, powered up is is just being in that space where you're feeling good and you're doing, as I said, little things, anything that that puts you in a place where ah, you can just take a deep breath and you don't feel um, stressed and you just just feel at peace with the world. I think that that's a a very good place to be in. And that's why we called the show Powered Up. It is, you know, and especially after years of powering through, you know, Linda, we've talked about this uh, between the two of us before about how part of our success, your success and my success individually has been powering through situations, and that's just exhausting. It really, really takes a lot of effort to power through, and I think what we both have discussed recently is that kind of going with the flow in certain things and um maybe powering up but not powering through is a wiser choice at this point in my life. I I don't want to speak for you. Well, (laughs) it certainly (laughs) is a wiser choice uh, because it it just, it gets rid of a lot of, a lot of the stress. I know now, especially now that I'm aware of it, before I wasn't aware of it, I would just, you know, go like a bull in a china shop, right, you know, if I wanted something, there wasn't anything that was going to stop me, but it takes its toll, you know, and, and once, my my gauge now is that if it stops being fun or it really feels lousy, and you know it's a visceral feeling. Um, even you know, you sometimes I could be on the phone and I'm talking to somebody and I don't understand why, but I I um, I break out in a cold sweat. And I now I notice that and I say, huh, there's something here that I need to be aware of. Why is my bo- what's my body trying to tell me here? You know, maybe this isn't the thing I ought to be doing. Right, right. Well, in it, in it, when things are harder than they should be, you know, and that can be a relationship, that can be a friendship. You know, I, I recently um, had an experience with one of my friends who wasn't truthful to me. She told me a portion or a version of the truth. And I couldn't figure out why things were so complicated between us all the time. There were lots of disagreements, lots of hurt feelings, lots of letdown. And I... I really, I didn't get it, you know, and I kept thinking, well, if I'm just a good friend and I'm going to, you know, typical fans power through this, figure out the relationship. Well, when the truth did come out and I found that, you know, her intentions were less than honorable, um, I looked back at the year and a half I spent being this woman's friend thinking, 
all the signs were there. It was too difficult. It was too hard. There were too many barriers in the way. But yet I kept pushing it forward, thinking that was the right thing to do, rather than letting it go. Um, And that was a really hard lesson for me, because I'm not a good person at letting go. No, I think that um, a lot of women aren't. In fact, most women aren't. Uh, because they they just wanna they just wanna take it through to success at whatever cost that is. Right, right. You, personal, but, professional. Yeah, but you just can't do that all the time. And and you know that has just been my gauge now. If if it's like you say, if it's too hard, if I get that knot in my stomach, or I get the cold sweats, or I, when the phone rings and I look and see who it is and I say, oh no, then I mean you got to pay attention <laughs> because if yeah, you don't, you don't. pay the consequences. Right. I think as women, we naturally want to fix things. We want to make things better. We're hopeful. And, and you know, and when it comes to people and human relationships, you know, you don't want to just chuck the baby out with the bathwater because, you know, you go through a rough spot. But what happens when the bumpiness keeps going? And that was the one thing that, you know, I think I had to learn. And maybe it's the whole process of learning to let go. Yeah, no, letting go is a, is a good thing. You know, you, you really you really benefit uh, from it. You know, I'm looking forward to the show today because I saw a couple of really interesting things um, online that I, you know, I want to discuss with you and Lisa. Uh, one of them was there. There, you know, the John Gray and and he, I mean his his stardom came from Mars. Uh, women are from Mars, and or women are from Venus, and men are from Mars. So now, oh, at the, so now at the University of Rochester, they're debunking that theory, and they um, they tested more than 13,000 adults, and they said there are no differences. You know, women can be aggressive um, mentally as men, and men can be as empathetic as women, and being ambitious is not necessarily a male characteristic. Um, so I want to, you know, I think that'll be interesting to talk about because, you know, do, do we really feel that way? Sometimes I feel my husband is from Mars, <laughs> or, or, you know, or is it just that, you know, he's, you know, he's just his personality and it doesn't have anything to do with him just being a man. I mean, some of the, some women I feel are from Mars. <laughs> well, I absolutely, you know, I, I think about some of these things that, um, you know, that, that, you know, we talk about, and I'll tell you, I'm so excited to talk with Lisa and you about this because having boys, you know, being a single mother of two boys without, you know, my dad lives here part-time and it's great when I can bounce man things off of him, but since my mom's dead and I can't bounce things off of her, um, I look at these two boys going, where the hell did that come from? You know, my <laughs> sisters and I never peed on each other. You know, we don't play punchies. You know, that's not the punchy. That's not the fun game. Um, you know, we pulled hair. I tied knots in my sister's hair. I mean, you know, we did our own things. But having boys has been a real eye-opener. And having one boy who is, you know, I jokingly call him Niles and Frazier, one boy that is deep and sensitive and, and artistic and skillful. And then there's the other one who's all baseball bats and football games from the time he could see what was on the TV screen. You know, it was just innate. But I'm so excited to talk to you guys because I'm dumbfounded on a daily basis where men are concerned and where little boys are concerned. Well, I think that, the, you know, we'll talk to Lisa about it, but I think that the common denominator about <laughs> with all men and maybe boys too is they don't listen to us. 
<laughs> and I think that's a big complaint of women. Why isn't he listening? I can say something and go through a whole conversation, and then two hours later, he doesn't even remember we had the conversation because he was tuned out. Absolutely. And my <laughs> oldest brother used to do that. He could do it in church. He could do it in the classroom. He could do it when my mom and dad were yelling at him two inches from his face. It was really a gift, um, I think. Uh, but I want to take us to commercial break, Linda. Um, I just love hosting this show with you. The show is Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. My co-host, Linda Franklin, is in New York. I am here in Los Angeles. When we come back from the break, we are going to welcome Lisa Dietrich. She has run a lot of women's groups. She's got her MBA. She's a smart cookie, and she's raised a couple boys and counseled many, many women um, on the raising of children and their families. So when we come back from the break, we're going to pick her brain. We're going to talk about the differences of men and women, and we're going to really challenge the University of Rochester today with their findings. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. It's time to devote time to yourself and strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for B-Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be by Design, How I Be is Up to Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And from coast to coast, Los Angeles to New York, we've got you covered with everything about the truth of money, sex, beauty, love, health, what else, Linda? we got a whole slew Oh, of relationships, everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, How to look 10 years younger. The whole, the whole gamut. 
everything, everything. Um, well, I would like to introduce to our listeners Lisa Dietrich. Lisa has been a regular on my radio shows for years. She is bright. She's beautiful. She's articulate. She's been to the ringer more than once, so she's not one of those airy-fairy women who everything's sunny, warm, and wonderful. She's counseled women for many years. She counseled me. She held my hand um, through my mom's passing, as did Linda and Robin, uh, the producer on this show. Uh, so I am eternally grateful for these powerful women in my life, and I'm so thankful, Linda and uh, Lisa, to have you on the air today with me. Do we have Lisa? It's uh-huh. good to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. How was that for a big setup? <laughs> that was a, that was a small delay. It didn't sound like you were there. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Linda. Hi, Sandra. Hey, so we saw on the Internet uh, the John Gray book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and uh, University of Rochester in New York State did these test results on 13,300 adults and um, declared the difference between the sexes to be rubbish. Now, you have raised two beautiful boys. I think they're terrific. You have some grandbabies. And you have counseled a lot of women, including me, over the years. And what say you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't really know what type of testing they were doing on the people. It sounds as if they were asking them questions about their emotional state um, and, you know, the way they think about things and how they behave as opposed to physiological differences. So, um you know, having not having seen the report other than just a synopsis of it, I'm not sure what they're debunking. Uh, what I do know is I read the first page of Men Are From Mars and Women For Venus and threw it down and said, yeah, we're different. Okay, fine. What else do you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny, Sandra, you're talking about, you know, your boys, where did they get this stuff? <laughs> Um, I've seen that with my own boys, and I actually have two older brothers, so I grew up with it. You know, I've always had at least two men in my life, always. (laughs) So, um, but you know what? I think from the emotional standpoint, there's a lot of validity to that. You can't make assumptions that just because of somebody's gender that they think a certain way or they're, um, you know, going to be a certain type of person because we're all different. And we all have qualities about us. Yes, women can be aggressive. I think it, in business, we have to be aggressive. And, um, you know, men can, men have softer sides too. And I think that's a good thing about the past maybe 40 or 50 years that men have been allowed to get in touch with that side of them that, you know, before they weren't allowed to, to cry or to, you know, feel hurt or express some of these emotions. So it's a good thing. Well, I just think I women. Think I think women get uh, judged more harshly than the men. I mean, yes, we we do have to be uh, aggressive in business, and we do have to work harder and try harder. But then, what happens? We get labeled at, with the B word. Yes, we do. You know, and, and, and men and men just don't because that's expected. I mean, if they if they close a business deal or or get the client on board or whatever, you know, it, it's uh, the high five. You guys are terrific. But if the woman has to go to whatever she has to go, lengths to go to, then, you know, all, she, she's the bad girl. Well, and I think that as women, um, we've not been as successful with developing our equivalent of the good old boys club when it comes to doing business and, and closing deals. And, and maybe that's, 
you know, um, something that we need to look at as far as being competitive with each other as opposed to maybe, um, you know, working together a little bit more as opposed to trying to fight each other. I see, you know, the, the term cat fight comes to mind sometimes well, when... It, it's when really it's, true. It, well, yeah, and there's a code of ethics, too, you know, and I see this, you know, and I, I, I will say I'm going to go out on a limb here and say some awful things during the show. I'm just warning you. Um, but working in technology as a woman in senior leadership technology, I have found that in other industries that I've worked in, the women don't have your back. There's a lot of, you know, catfighting. There's a lot of insubordination. There's a lot of, you know, just downright insult and, and backbiting. Um, what I found in technology, though, there seems to be a more, I don't know if you want to call it male-dominated <laughs> female, that we do have our backs more, or maybe because we're so, you know, in the minority in this group, I haven't been undercut as much in business as I have in general business than I did in technology. And we are our own worst enemy. Especially in business. I'm just going to say that right there on the table. I, I agree with you. And women really do not have each other's backs. And I think it comes because, you know, we're not, we haven't been worked in the workplace as long as the men. And I think that women suffer from a lot more uh, insecurity than the men. And if someone comes into the workplace uh, that's younger or prettier or smarter, uh, the the, the the party line is to okay what can we do to sabotage this one and it's terrible it is terrible it's not necessary and i found personally by mentoring um other workers and helping them to develop whether they're men or women regardless of race i don't care when i see a good quality in somebody i will go ahead and mentor them and i don't care if they end up taking my job or, you know, moving above me because, you know what, I'm happy with where I am and I know that um, that I'm working hard and that I'm earning and that I'm going to um, also move into other positions that I can use my skills with. So, you know, I think it comes from what you were saying, Linda, from being a little bit more um, happy with where you are and, and confident that even if somebody prettier or more talented comes in, we can still work with that girl and bring her on board because there's obviously things that she needs to develop as well rather than undercutting. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it always seems to, to boil down to how happy are you with yourself. And if you are in that good place, then you're a much better friend, a much better wife, a much better mother. You know, it, it, so it always comes back to, to the individual and, and where they are. You're right. That's very true. Yeah. So how do we get our sisters on board? (laughs) That's a tough one. Well, now, and now, neither of you had sisters growing up, right? Is that correct? I did not have sisters, and I did not have brothers. I am an only child. You are an only child. Oh, you're the most perfect of all that, if you were talking (laughs) to my dad, because he's an only child. Yeah. I mean, after me, I mean, who could could even come close? Oh, man. I was the maladjusted middle child, you know, in between brothers and sisters, you know, above and below. And I got to tell you, I never had much competition growing up with my brothers, but with my one sister, um, there was a lot of innate competition 
that was just, I don't know if it was inbred or it's just in our nature, and we still fight like, you know, cats. <laughs> and I see it with my friend Christy and her sisters. You know, it's just, I don't know if there's something innate in women that make us naturally competitive to other women. I mean, you guys didn't grow up with it. That's where I recognize it growing up, and I recognize it in the workplace. Do you think there's something in inbred with us or that's part of our nature? I don't like the term inbred. I didn't have any sisters growing up, but I do remember my mom talking about her sisters, my aunts, and how they were competitive, and my mom was the youngest sister, so the older ones picked on her. And, you know, whether it's something in our nature, it's probably not a good nature. It's probably something we should probably work on, you know, working out. Um, it, but I, I, where it comes from, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I think it might be inbred because even today I know that women are much more critical of other women um, than certainly men are. So when we go out, are we, are we dressing for a man? Are we dressing so the other women in the room will notice us and, and approve of us? And are, are, you oh, know, the other women. <laughs> you know, I, I think that I think that we're, we do. We're, we're we are looking for the female approval, and I I don't know why, but it, it seems that you know. And we're always looking. You know, how do their nails look? Oh, she she got fat. Oh, that hair. Oh, the you know. Oh, that makeup. Oh my God, how could she go out of the house like that? Why? <laughs> Right, and it sells magazines. I mean, it sells magazines. I mean, I'm the first one who stands in the grocery line and picks up, you know, in touch or in style or whatever. And I absolutely love seeing the celebrities without their makeup on, you know, or picking their nose or you know, dropping <laughs> their kid and bent over where their boobs hang out, or you can see their rib bones because they haven't eaten for days. I mean, I'm the first one that picks that up and goes, "Oh my God, look at this." You see, because that's because they're real, you know. And when when you see them in the magazines or even on the red carpet, oh my God! It it took days and days and days for them to prepare for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have so many things to say. I don't even know where to begin um, with the differences between men and women. Now, you guys have been married to your husbands a long time, been in relationships with your husbands a long time. We've got about two minutes to break, and I want to quickly ask if your understanding of your husband has changed or is it still befuddling what he does as he gets older? Lisa, you first. Well, um, I think we're still both trying to figure each other out, but we've come to understand some things in our relationship about each other. How about um, you, Linda? Well, I understand them, but I'm still befuddled by them, if that makes any sense to you. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can really, I know what he's going to do, but I don't know why he's doing it. You know, so I think, you know, it, it's still, I, I, we could probably be together for a hundred years and, and I, and I don't know why he does some of the things he does and, and vice versa. I mean, I think it'll be interesting because I saw this online too. I just love being online all day talking about, um, who snoops more, um, into, into somebody's emails or into somebody's drawers or something. You know, is it men or women? I think that's an interesting discussion too. Absolutely. When we come back from the break, and Linda Franklin and Sandra Beck, myself, are visiting with Lisa Dietrich, and she has counseled many women, including myself, 
And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of these differences between men and women and some of the things that we do, some of the stereotypes. And I want to talk about how things have changed generationally over time uh, with the different um, aspects of the differences between men and women. And did John Gray help us or hurt us as a culture? We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. What's ideal for you? Really, what's ideal for you? Being who you are, doing what you love, and getting out and about with friends. What's ideal for you? With your host, Janice Christopher. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else too, dislike their work. 80%. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around. To show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living. Or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it. And watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host Janice Christopher. Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And for those of you that missed the first half of today's shows, The Battle of the Sexes, The Differences Between Men and Women, depending on if you listen to John Gray or the University of Rochester, um, you can find this broadcast and earlier broadcasts on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. You can also find us on toginet.com uh, and all of our broadcasts are, are there as well. So if you missed the earlier part of the show, you're going to want to tune in, download and pick up what Lisa and Linda had to say because it's always fantastic when you bring these powerhouses together. 
Now, I'm going to walk down a, a religious road for just a minute here, Lisa, because you're the only woman, you're the only person, actually, that I know has actually read the Bible like five times. You study it, you understand it, you've, you've explained things to me because I can never tell if it's a name or a city or a town or a mule. Um, uh, <laughs> What does the Bible say about the differences between men and women? Because the Bible arguably is the most read book in the world. Well, um, it basically starts out that, you know, we were made differently. Man was made from a blob of mud, which probably explains why they like to spend so much time in it. And women were um, formed from Adam's rib, the first man. Um, we were actually, you know, made from a part of his ribs, so the Bible says. And that's an interesting um, concept because, you know, we're made to um, be alongside our men and, and, you know, help them out and take care of them. They, they really are not complete without us, at least the ones I've come across. <laughs> and um, and I, I always tell my daughter, you know, our job in the world is to bring beauty and, and style into the world. Otherwise, men would just be, you know, mucking along in the mud and they wouldn't, they don't observe plants and flowers. I mean, some of them do, but, you know, that um, I, I think we bring a, a gentleness and softness and beauty into the world that, that, I think men do appreciate if they take the time. <laughs> now, what does it say about, there was some passage, and I know you're going to hate me because I went to your Bible study, but it was like, men love your wives and wives respect your husbands and yoke or something like that. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> yoke. <laughs> you know what? I, and I always think that's an interesting um, concept there that, and, and I've kind of told women this before, that it's easy for us to love our men. I mean, we just, we're, we're just all about falling in love. That's an easy thing for women. It's something that men have to be told to do, and it is an action. You know, they're told you need to love your wife. And if we look at a perfect marriage, which there aren't any, or a perfect relationship, we don't have the kind of abuse and, and horrible things going on that, that do happen in relationships. But men are told to love their wives and to care for us, you know, like Christ loved the church and died for it. You know, you can't do much more than give your life for somebody. But women, on the other hand, are told to respect their husbands because that's something that's hard for us to do. And that was kind of a comment that I, I made on, online to Linda when, um, at the last segment that, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't understand what our husbands are thinking when they do things. And I think not a week goes by that I, you know, kind of go, what was he thinking? And my daughter just rolls her eyes and walks away. <laughs> um, we're told to respect our husbands. And um, I find that our relationship goes much better when I, when I do work on the respect part. And not that I don't respect him because he's a very, very respectable man. But, you know, we know, we know they're in, you know, we know stuff that goes on and, and it's like, can you not pick up your plate and take it to the sink? <laughs> things like that, right? And, you know, we have to kind of temper that and go, well, let's, let's give a little grace there and, and you know, um, let that one slide because there's other things that we could, you know, that could be bigger deals than that. Hmm. <laughs> so it is about relationships and, you know, and I think well, when we look at, you know, men's, I mean, physiologically, 
it's something we've kind of talked with. There's actually a book out there that says men are waffles and women are spaghetti or something like that. And we look at the way the brain functions, and men are very good at compartmentalizing. So we say waffle brain, you know, so they can take their little <laughs> hole and put, put their, you know, whatever they're doing stays in that little hole in the car- compartment, and then they can go on to another. Whereas women, our brains are kind of like spaghetti where all our thoughts and everything, the feelings and everything are kind of just kind of, um, moving back and forth and, and bouncing off each other and, and, um, and it really perfectly, uh, we're perfectly made to do the roles, um, of, you know, multitasking and caring for children while we're working and, and, you know, making dinner and we can do all those things. Uh, men can. They do pretty well at it sometimes, but I, you know, I've seen more men get all flustered and go, I can only do one thing at a time. Where I don't, I've never known a woman to say that. <laughs> so. Yeah, Linda, how about you? Well, I love that. Thank you, Lisa, because, you know, I I always like to go back in history, you know, go back in time where we can, and it's always fun to look at what the Bible has to say, um, you know, versus John Gray, who has his opinions, and then the University of Rochester, which is diametrically opposed. Um, Let's talk about respect just for a minute here, because I'm a big respect girl. I need to be respected. In fact, I don't even know if I need to be loved more or respected more. They kind of vie for attention in my world, um, and that kind of makes me androgynous. I'm neither man nor woman <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Linda, how about you? How does that, and how does that, is respect really, is that a thing for your husband in your relationship, or how does that fly? I think um, I think it's the quintessential uh, necessity for every relationship, because you can love someone um on a on a level, but if you don't respect them, uh, everything starts to really peel off and, and 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 wear down, because then you start to take them for granted. You you know you just you, they know men are very very sensitive, and as as Lisa said, they like to be taken care of, and they you may not think they're noticing, but if you you know drop one of the things that you usually do for them um they they start to go on in their minds about what you know what happened what's wrong you know and and they're very sensitive to that at least my husband is mm-hmm. so so i think the respect part is probably the most important thing and the relationships that you see uh fall apart uh, are because the respect factor just dwindled down to nothing. Right. And what I was going at was that for men, respect is much easier than love. And for women, love uh, may be easier to do than respect. So we're supposed to do both. It's just depending on our nature, what comes easier and what do we actually have to be told to do. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, I think a lot of men talk down to women, even even as you know. But I, I think maybe they were taught that, or that's something that's ingrained in them as well. They don't think that we we've got as much, or we're, we're all that compared to them. You know, I have seen some of that. That's true, and it, it kind of is a. It, I mean, I think it kind of relates back to the good old boys club, where you know, the or women, blah blah blah. And it is kind of an older generational thing that I don't see as much of, but I do see it still in some of these younger men. And who do you, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> who do you I'm think gonna, is... Oh, I was just going to buzz in with something for the only one in the room here that has dated the younger man, the seriously younger man. Um, dating guys in their 20s, like mid-20s, when I 
you know, was in my 40s or I am in my 40s, um, was a real eye-opener to me. The difference in dating a 50-year-old and difference in dating a 25-year-old was really profound for me, not for the, you know, things you would think, but because the 25-year-old totally got like it was a no-brainer that I work. I'm a single mom, very, very comfortable with that, very, very comfortable with different roles, not so great with the 50-year-old. You know, when I would bring my credit card out to pay my half or to, you know, sometimes to pay for dinner, to do these things, it was really difficult because those gender roles were so much more established in the older man than they were in the younger man. And when I look at how we treat women and we treat men, it's different for these different generations. I'm living proof. Yeah, but, I, you know, I think some of the old-fashioned rules are good ones, like if a wom- if a, a guy is taking a woman out, then he pays for her. I'm not for this 50% uh, cut the check in half. And a lot of women, yeah. are, <laughs> and a lot of women uh, today are, even though they're older, uh, they're, they, you know, they accept that, and I don't think that I would. I mean, it's a difference if I offered to pay. But if I was out with somebody that said, okay, what did you have? And <laughs> let's figure this out. I don't think I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> no, I, I only offered. I never had to pay. But I but I get that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think sometimes, I mean, my take on it is sometimes the um, paying half, and it maybe depends on what the guy is like, if he's kind of a, it depends on what he's expecting as opposed to what you're expecting after dinner. Sometimes the pay half of it kind of diffuses that. If you're not quite as serious about furthering the relationship as he is, then there's no expectations. And it, to me, it's almost a form of prostitution sometimes, but that's my thing. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do agree with you that it's kind of nice if you're going out on a nice dinner um, or, you know, a date that, that he's going to take care of you, you know? Yes, because and I think... And you be expected to pay him back in bed later when you get back. So. And, and women, I mean, underneath all of our strength and our power and all that, we still like to be taken care of. Exactly. It's a nice thing to be taken care of because we're always taking care of everything else, everybody else, and it's really nice if there's somebody there to take care of us when we need to be taken care of. That's very true. Oh, you guys, this has been so much fun. Um, We've been visiting today with Lisa Dietrich. We've been talking about the differences of men and women. Uh, We poked at John Gray. We poked at the University of Rochester. I butchered the Bible. We um, (laughs) (laughs) we just have gone all over the map. Uh, We've got two minutes before I have to – oh, I guess we don't even have that. So I'm just going to throw this over to Lisa because Linda will come back after the break. Would you ever consider snooping in your partner's emails? And, of course, you're you're married, so you probably can't even answer that on the air. I I go on them all the time because he never clears out his his junk mail, so it drives me crazy. So, yes, I go through his mail and clean out his junk mail. So, yes, I do. (laughs) I'm not looking for anything bad because I trust him, but, you know. I do go in as well. Okay, well, when we come back from the break, uh, Linda and I are going to talk about some great finds uh, that we had this week as part of our Powered Up campaign. I want to thank you, Lisa Dietrich, for being our guest today, for being our expert, for being so willing to talk about your personal life to help other women to power them up. Um, And we'll definitely have you back. 
Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here, and you all have a powerful day. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Bye-bye. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Togginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairyTaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And, Linda, that was such a great segment with Lisa Dietrich. She's always so much fun to have uh, on the air with us. I'm going to ask you the same question that was... um, you know, was posted on Facebook and Twitter where almost a third of people actually stalk their exes. Would you snoop in your partner's emails? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would I, and, and if I had an ex, I pro, you know, I probably would be curious enough to, to I don't know if stalk would be the right word, but I probably <laughs> would uh, take a look at their Facebook and Twitter if they were on there. And if I did suspect that someone was doing some naughty things that they shouldn't be doing, I probably would go and check through their pockets. Now, I, you know, and I, so I would admit that, yes, I would do that. Yeah, I would admit it too. I mean, it's not saying that I, I would or have, even though when my ex-husband was cheating on me, I was like a spy. I mean, I pulled texts off of phone. I was, you know, it actually, you know, took all of my technology wherewithal to, um, 
to, you know, to pull all this data down. I'm so glad that I did. There's part of me that's glad I'm dead. Part of me, I'm glad I didn't. Um, the part of me that's glad is it gave me certainty in ending my marriage. The part I'm not so happy about is I was privy to a lot of the conversations between my ex-husband and his affair partner about me. And that was a tough pill to swallow. So oh, if you're yeah. going to snoop... Um, Beware. Because be careful what you find, right? Well, yeah, because, you know, when anybody has an affair, they absolutely have to make the wife or the husband, you know, the villain. It's like, oh, this woman doesn't love me. She doesn't take care of me. And, you know, on her end, it was like, my husband doesn't appreciate, he doesn't respect me. And, you know, that's all well and good. But uh, when it's you and you're reading all this stuff, I know. Um, yeah. But it's, it's but it's you. so it's so crazy, and don't you think it's weird that you know you're always reading about these guys, you know, even these high-powered guys because they're very visible and they're always getting caught with their pants down. And you'd say, you know, how can they be so damn stupid? I mean, why did why why didn't they take precautions? Why didn't they? Because you don't, and you know, there's a lot of women out there that are having affairs as well, but you don't read about them because they're not getting caught. Why why is that? Is it because the hubris of men is so great that they they don't they don't think that they're going to um end up in trouble, but women are always very cautious? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there's something to that. You know, there's I never had an affair in my marriage and part of it was I was terrified of getting caught. I was terrified of what my dad would think or my mom would think and you know, I thought I don't want to let down my brothers and sisters. You know, we're a very very moral kind of high high um high I don't know what the word is, family. <laughs> high Moral, I don't know, whatever it is. There was yeah. a very much set of right and wrong in our family. And my dad always laid down the law as the commander, you know, saying this is right, this is wrong. So fear is what kept me mostly from not having an affair, even though my husband was unfaithful uh, more on, more than once. I still never strayed, but I was a big chicken. You know, I didn't want to get caught. And also, I think as women, when you think about doing this, because it did cross my mind, I wasn't a very unhappy marriage for a long time. It was about like I thought about my kids and I thought about my friends and I thought about our common friends and you know I thought about all the relationships that would get tangled up in that affair my ex-husband didn't have any problem I don't even think that ever crossed his mind no probably not and it doesn't cross I mean you 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 took it to the nth degree because I don't know if women would even take it that far down the road but but they certainly uh, do think about it more than the man does. And I mean, I mean that. I think that's very obvious. So maybe that's one of the differences. You well, know, the standards are different. You know, I will tell you, when I watched the way people reacted when my ex-husband's affair came out, because he had an affair with a local woman who was also married with children, and this was in a very small town of maybe 600 families in a bedroom community, the as much as I can't stand her and I can't stand him, everybody just wink, wink, nod, nod, well, that's what men do, was the way my ex-husband was treated. His affair partner was absolutely cast out among the group of women, not invited to barbecues, not invited to birthday parties. And my ex-husband thought it was all because of me. But it, in reality, no one, I'm not that powerful, no one is, but... The way they treated her as having an affair as a mother of two small children and him having an affair as the father of two small children was completely different. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it was the community, too. But, I, 
it, but that usually is the case that, that the woman, no matter what she does, is always ends up being the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, as much as I think she's a bad guy because she knows she's a Yeah, well, husband. you know, in that case, I, she, she really was the bad guy, but so was he. Right, but, but it should have been equal. Like, I'm emancipated enough, I'm, you know, self, you know, good with myself enough to look at it objectively and go, wow, that really wasn't fair. He should be held to the same standards as she was yeah. if we're going to throw moral codes around. Well, we're not there yet. We still have this double standard that, that's out there. It's alive and well. Uh, we're going to be working on trying to make it more uh, equal, but it's a long road. It is a long road. And, and, you know, I just love talking with this stuff about you. We're going to need to move on to our product section. Okay. Each of us has a fabulous product to share with people today. Linda, why don't you go first? Oh, well, I, I, I did have one that I wanted to talk about, but I haven't received it yet. It was off of HSN, and it had to do with eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, eyebrows are a big thing. I mean, they really frame the face. So I, I listen to all this uh, party line that talks about eyebrows. And um, it was it's this new product that sort of, when you put it on, looks like real hair. And it has, it has a little depth to it. And it, you know, sort of clings to skin as well as hair. And it's supposed to give you a really natural look. So I will report on that next week if it comes. But the thing that, that um, did arrive for Christmas was this soda stream. Now they actually. How is that? They, huh? It, it's good. How I actually, is that? What is it? Well, yeah. What is it for people who don't know? Okay, SodaStream, and they actually had a, a their first commercial, I think, in uh, for Super Bowl. It's an it's it's instead of buying soda, it's a machine that you put in water and it carbonates the water very quickly, and then you get. Um, like flavors, syrups and stuff that you add. So it can be Coke or ginger ale or uh, Is it real orange. Coke? Like, like I'm it, really picky. You know, I know the difference between Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke. Depending on the type of the month, I either want, you know, fake sugar or, well, you know, fake peppery. It, can you tell the difference? Well, they come, they come in both. You can buy sugar-free or you can buy the regular. And, and um, it's pretty good, actually. I mean, I, I particularly like the ginger ale. I haven't tried all the flavors yet. But it, uh, the reason my husband bought it and thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, because he's a real gadget guy, um, is that you don't have to carry soda bottles. Well, they're you know, they really can get heavy. pretty heavy. I mean, I, you know, I know in, in, in L.A. you go uh, take your, uh, your car to the grocery store and then you bring it back. But in, in New York, I'm usually carrying uh, groceries and, you know, lots of soda and, and seltzer and stuff like that. And it's heavy. So he thought this would really save me the <laughs> trouble of carrying all of these heavy bottles. Um, and, and I like it. I'm, I'm getting used to it. Uh, the thing is the bottles aren't that big, so you want to make two or three at a time. Otherwise, you'd be every time you have have two drinks, you're you know you're out. Oh, so they're not the size of a traditional liter. No, um, you know they're 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 a little bit smaller, but you know as I said, you can make two or three at a time and and just stick them in your fridge and and you always have it. So it's 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 you know it's kind of cute. I mean it's it's been they were selling like hotcakes. Oh yeah, well I see them. I mean, we're we've got Robin in the chat here saying Bed Bath and Beyond has had it for like three years, and I see the commercials. I see, you know, I just wondered. I always wondered, and I'll have to maybe next time I come out to visit you in New York, I will try the Diet Cola version because I'm really funny with Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. I have them at specific times of the month depending on my cycle. Yeah, and no. I, 
I, you know, I didn't mind. That. I told you, he's the gadget guy. Would I ever think of going? I knew Soda Stream was out there. I would never go in and buy it. But he did, and um, now that I have it, it's, 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 it's good. I mean, is it the best thing that I ever brought into the house? Um, I, I have to get used to it. It takes me a while to warm up. Well, sure, like anything. I mean, for me, it's like it took me the longest time. Like, I won't drink canned Diet Pepsi or canned Diet Coke. I don't like the liter bottles. My favorite is the fountain drink, and I'll actually go to work at a fast food restaurant, meaning take my work there, just so I can drink the fountain soda. Um, But sugar sodas? No, no, the diet Pepsi The diet, the diet ones, Coke. because, you know, in New York, Mayor Blumberg, I think it, it takes effect next month, outlawed the 16-ounce um, sodas. Uh, you can, it's illegal to, to sell them or drink them here now. <laughs> but that was all about the obesity, especially for children. Well, you know, speaking of obesity in children, I want to tell you about my great find yes. of the week, which is the Nutribullet. You know, I was watching that guy, you know, who grinds up stuff on TV and yep. he talks about how good you'll feel. I'm going to buzz in right now. It worked. That thing is the most used appliance in my house. I'm going to tell you how I use it, why I use it. Some days I'm just sick of vegetables. I live in Southern California where we get the freshest food on the planet with respect to vegetables, but I get tired of it. I can grind this stuff up into a juice. I can grind vegetables up or fruit, and I can throw them in sauces. I can throw them in – I've thrown ground-up spinach and stuff like that in my brownies for the kids. I can get so many vegetables in meat and the kids. And what else I like about it, too, is I can grind up almonds. I've made almond milk in there, soak a handful of almonds the night before, throw it in, add six cups of water. I don't have to lug, talk about soda stream, or soda stream. This is the one that makes almond milk for me. But I can also grind up flaxseed. I can grind up um, real steel-cut oats so they cook faster. It is the best thing I have bought. I'm not kidding you, not only just this year because it's early in the year, but in the past five years, the absolute hands-down best appliance. How how hard is it to clean? Because that's always bad. I used to have these juices, and then I stopped using them because it took me forever to clean them. Right, right. I had a juicer like that, too. No, absolutely not. It's only got two parts. The lid screw on. You rinse it under the faucet. It takes two seconds to clean. No scrubbing, no straining, no putting stuff back together. Absolute pure genius. Okay. Um, Sold. I'll take a dozen. (laughs) Sold. I have to buy you one for Christmas next year. Um, You guys... This has been Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. I am Sandra Beck. My co-host is Linda Franklin. Next week, we are going to be welcoming Dr. Robert Thorne, a cosmetic dentist. So if you're worried about your chompers and you want to have a more beautiful smile, which we all do as we age, you're going to want to tune in. Uh, Thank you, Linda, and thank you, Lisa, for being on the show today. We will be back next week, same time, same bat channel. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and pre-